What up, what up, what up? What's happening? My name is Sonny Teray. And I'm Akita G. And this is the Fire This Time Podcast. Episode 65. Yes, and we are happy to be here, y'all. We have an exciting episode planned. You know, a few topics uh, we're going to look forward to talking about, including uh, the no voting, no fucking campaign <laughs> by uh, Saucy Santana and Trina, but with some very sinister and popular backers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those that paid for the song and the video mm-hmm. and distributed it. It's not just that black love uh, dating app. Yeah. More to it. We're also going to be talking about uh, black and brown solidarity in L.A., given uh, City Councilwoman's uh, recent leaked racist audio rant. Sorry, that was yeah. a jumble of words, but y'all yeah, feel what I'm it, saying? It was a rant. And we got some other stuff we're going to talk about, but before we get in to the rest of everything, I'm not breaking tradition, y'all. Aki, welcome to people, my man. Welcome back. Welcome back, y'all. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for coming back to get that heat. As always, like, subscribe, share, leave a comment. We're on all major platforms, so please check us out. You know, we're here to get you the heat again. And as usual, you know, we don't try to start off too slow, but we start off nice and steady. So, this week, it's a, uh, been a, you know, I thought it was a win for the black man. You know what I'm saying? You know, Biden got up out there and talked about, you know, how he was going Help us out on the marijuana charges. Pardon a bunch of marijuana charges. And, uh, you know, I was highly excited about that because I know people who, you know, uh, have gotten time with marijuana in their possession. Um, depending on what else they had on them, it could have stuck. We got, we know a lot of people are held up a little bit, you know, from marijuana convictions uh, and charges. So um, so yeah. Let me let me bring it to the article real quick. So uh, we're looking at, we're, we're looking at NPR dot uh, com article. Uh, Biden's pot pardon will help reverse war on drugs, harm to black people. Advocates say, and it says President Biden announced this month an executive order to pardon federal simple marijuana charges for thousands of Americans. An important first step. Advocates say two reversing decades of uneven drug enforcement policy that has historically burdened black communities. But with all things Aki, that is yet to be seen. True. You know, we're going we're gonna to dig below the surface a little bit, which, to this uh, uh, article's credit, they do somewhat, right? So, uh, you know, the article gets into the failed policies of the war on drugs and how they're trying to reverse that. Of course, taking their time with it. It's the same type of incremental progress that they uh, uh, promote for black America all throughout U.S. history. Yeah. You know, uh, no, we're not going to give you everything you think you should have. This is what we think you should have and uh, at an indeterminate date in the future. You know how it go. I mean, it's like this. The whole plan was to round up niggas, so they ain't going to never slop down their process. Right. So uh, let's continue with the article. It it says... Now, listen closely. The executive order announced late last week will cover more than 6,500 citizens and lawful lawful permanent residents convicted between 92 and 21, uh, uh, 1992 and two, uh, 2021 of simple marijuana possessions under federal law or D.C. statute. Then it continues. Listen close. 
these there are not currently any individuals in federal prison solely for simple marijuana offenses so the order is not expected to lead to the release of any federal prisoners hmm. and this is not an order to the states to do it so uh i mean what's the deal here you know what i'm saying like hmm. the headline ain't reading like the body the, the middle or middle to late of the article is it i mean i'm gonna keep it real the marijuana charge was used mostly as a slave brand to put that felony on you. So that could keep you out of employment. That turns you to the streets. But when you turn to the streets, you don't generally go to selling marijuana. You sell cocaine, heroin, rocks. And that's where the real war on drugs did the damage at. When they started throwing up hefty and healthy sentences out for cocaine, crack, things of that such nature. So... They gonna they gonna let that slide because the 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 the, the, the real the real work was done through a whole nother drug, right? Done through a whole nother drug. So to finish up with what I'm gonna read from this article, it continues. Uh, but the order's narrow sco- scope left some advocates calling for more to be done. Mm-hmm. To address marijuana charges on the state level, where a majority of offenses occur, like we said. Yeah. Then it's, it quotes. Uh, this is a quote. These pardons certainly have an impact. Uh, have an impact of removing some of these collateral consequences for individuals," mm-hmm. said Ileana Green, senior policy advisor at the Hood Incubator, a nonprofit organization for cannabis justice reform. But she continued. Quote, we definitely at the state levels need to be creating more record cleaning remedies for folks and avenues for folks to be able to be a- for folks to be able to remove these collateral collateral consequences mm-hmm. uh, that uh, are imputed on them. Currently, 19 states have legalized recreational marijuana use and 38 states have provisions for medical use. Uh you know, but you know this article is still very, very celebratory. Biden's new pledge, coupled with the White House, White House's recent announcement to forgive st- student debt for millions of bo- borrowers, highlight his effort to court young and black voters, two key Democratic voting blocks ahead of hotly contested midterm races. So yeah, we'll stop right there. I mean, it clearly spells out a little bit more flash than and spectacle than actual substance mm-hmm. in terms of this uh, federal. Policy, I guess, um, simple marijuana convictions. I mean, you know, uh, so we're not seeing, you know, what I'm saying we're not seeing the gates yeah. get kicked open like they should have been. Yeah, like Go ahead, uh, it, they, they, them going at marijuana, especially first legalizing it, then turning around and making this move, it ain't gonna do shit. Like, you know, like I said, it may free, it's gonna free up um, employment, I think, maybe easier. You won't have that little, you know, a brand on you from right there But when it come down to a lot of the people that's in the federal the Federal That's where you find those dope charges Those crack mass You know what I'm saying Trafficking Those are federal charges Rico cases Things of that such nature Somebody might have get I'm sure there might be people in federal prison Right now for marijuana They got caught with maybe a pound Or yeah. something like that With a gun Yeah You know what I'm saying Exactly right You know, Might what I'm not have killed nobody but once you have a gun along with the marijuana, that's more yeah. than a simple marijuana the charge. The gun charge is going to get you five years off the rip. 
or more. I mean, if they, you know what I'm saying, the federal system, you know, we don't know. It could have been two, three strikes. It could. Yeah. There might be people in there for 10, 15, 20 years yeah. off of marijuana and a gun. Yeah. Those people also deserve to be freed, right? I mean, uh, shit. I'm an abolitionist at least, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said like this. The man who's in there because he knows somebody shot his son ain't going to feel that way. Mm-hmm. But most charges and dope charges are not that. Most of the people that's in there on them dope charges are non-offensive, like non-physical, uh, meaning that they wasn't no assault in that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't no... Um, I mean, I know plenty of dudes that's sitting up there right now just for dope. They just got caught with the dope. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a gun on them. They just got caught with the dope 45 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The gun, they'll, if, if they catch you with enough weight, They'll say bump the gun charge. Yeah, I think you're right, Aki. They'll I mean, knock that right off. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we we arguing over releasing marijuana offenders, which of course should have been done. And what you're saying is this brother's in and locked up for dope. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We talking about cocaine or crack yeah. cocaine from know? the from the from some people. I mean, these big RICO charges. Mm-hmm. I said a lot of the RICO charges are different, and the reason why is because those are done. They they investigate a lot more, and then in in those RICO charges, they normally pin you in connection to some form of murder. They I should say, they pin you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Meaning they try to connect you to some type of murder. So, but it doesn't go into the real aspects of like just the people who was just trafficking. You know what I'm saying? Just the people that was just moving it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of people that got ch- extreme charges. So like, with a charge used to give you, you would be on the street by now. If you ain't nobody snitch on her, you didn't snitch. That's what the book at you. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're going to hold these 20, these 30 for, you know, some. you was carrying something you really didn't even own. Think about it. I know, I listened, to, I seen a lot of stories of a lot of guys that was big time in the 70s with like Frank Matthews and they were selling way more dope than what these cats are selling now. And when they got popped off in Rico charges, they did 10 years. Mm-hmm. They was out by the 80s. But when the 80s hit, and those charges came, that was a whole different ball game right there. That 92 crime bill, that was a whole different ball game right there because something that you would have got 10 years for, you got 25. Mm. Plus, you threw a three-strike rule on there. So if you got three strikes for getting caught with two crack, two rocks here, you know what I'm saying, getting caught with some coke here, some coke there, that's what happened. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of folks that's probably out, you know, sitting up in there just on dope charges alone. You know, that this 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 ain't going to do anything for, you know. But they don't never give you the details and shit like that. Because mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, that's a way for them to keep them prisons full. Mm-hmm. It's always about keeping the prisons and the plantations full, you know. Because you got to think, who's lobbying these political parties? You know, a lot of these firms that own these private prisons that rely on these prisoners, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As well as, you know what I'm saying, why society in general relying on, you know, this perceived deviant, uh, you know, uh, working class, especially black, you know, working class men, you know what I'm saying, uh, as like a, you know, a cultural boy for, you know, what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's deep, Aki. I don't trust anything, though. I don't even trust a lot of legal marijuana they got out here right now, though. No. I got to get my leaf off the street. 
<laughs> I'd rather get off the stem, but I yeah. settle for the street. I, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying. No, nah, nah, I'm I'm in agreement no. with you, Aki. Nah, they gonna throw something inside of it. I ain't, you know what I'm saying. I done I done seen dispensaries down the street for years now. Yeah, I ain't never stepped foot on one. You know, <laughs> them street prices is <laughs> love. Them street deals is better. It's love. You know what I'm saying. And I trust the product. You know yeah. what I'm saying. Ultimately, I trust. I mean, shoot, they doing all types of shit. To all types of shit today. Nah, it's real in these streets. Right, <laughs> real talk. If you know the hands your stuff is passing through, you know there's there you trust go. there. You there know you what I'm go. saying? I, I don't trust the government that's putting a stamp on the shit. Hell, I don't uh, trust on, the- on they shit. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Today, this we going through a water crisis right now because shit the government didn't take care of. We already know what it is. But you know what I'm saying? We gonna move on. You know what I'm saying? We gonna definitely move on. So we got a, uh, a short topic we want to touch on. Just kind of uh, a, a way to look, you know, something new that should make us look at the new, like, fascist digital age we're entering into, right? That relies on, you know, a lot of phony science to, uh, you know, cast us or sur- surveil us in these, you know, racist type ways. So what I'm talking about is something out of the Edmonton Police Department. Uh, And I apologize for not knowing what state uh, Edmonton is in. But anyways, Edmonton Police Department, uh, police use DNA phenotyping in unsolved sexual assault. The Edmonton Police uh, Service is, for the first time in its history, using DNA... Uh, phenotyping in the hopes of identifying a suspect in a 2019 sexual assault. So this might be uh, in the UK, Edmonton. Uh, And I know y'all can't see it, but what I'm looking at right now is, I guess, the use of DNA to produce, like, a wanted, you know, incorporated within a wanted poster, right? Within this snapshot prediction results, we have an actual face Visually shown to us from the DNA. They, they from they, the DNA. They pulled. They pulled. What was that? What was the project they did? The Out of Africa joint. <laughs> right. <laughs> they did. They went there on that shit. So from the DNA, they, you know, I guess had an algorithm to spit a face out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They have even uh, a map of the continents with. Certain parts of Africa shaded darker, dark red and, and light red to indicate, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, some type of relationship between the DNA and a possible origin, like region, right? Yeah, they got his ancestry as East African. Mm-hmm. Now, they got his ancestry as East African, but they ain't got a whole lot of East African shaded. Ain't that something right yeah. there? Yeah. They, they have West Africa and parts of Central Africa shaded and parts of Southeast Africa Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, so I mean, parts of it, parts of it is shaded, but uh, yeah, very interesting, very interesting. And I mean, this is what they're gonna be doing now. This is what a new. So it has, I mean, skin color, eye color. These are all things that have a, a spectrum, uh, going left to right. You know what I'm saying? With a, a certain marker to indicate where his DNA falls. Uh, you know, so you know. Just think about what this means in terms of uh, the future of surveillance, the future use of DNA. Are certain what? What if they find that certain DNAs or certain 
uh, parts of DNA are, you know, this is this, this indicates criminal behavior, and we need we need to surveil this population based on DNA more than others. You know, say so what does this mean about DNA connection in the future? It, it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me in the future that the same way we got an ID now, they will be your ID will also come with all of that mm. because when you go through a, a general test of some identity, you know what I'm saying, state, federal identity, it's going to give you all of that. So the U.S. government, you know, 20, 30 years from now, say every social security number has a a full DNA sequencing attached to it. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Now, what if they make a vaccine and they say, you know, certain parts of, you know, this DNA structure, the people that have that part, they need a different vaccine. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, like we said something else about some type of association with criminal behavior based on DNA sequencing. Just think about where that type of uh, thing can lead. You've seen science be used in racist purposes before. In the hands of our oppressors, in the hands of the people that had us enslaved, had our ancestors Mm -hmm. enslaved, have been keeping us down since then, Aki. Mm. You know, now... They're going to be using DNA, pseudoscience around DNA, to, uh, you know, further oppress us. I mean, you know, hey, they start in England. It'll be here soon. It don't oh, surprise yeah. me if they, did, if they come with that. You know what I'm saying? They might be using, I mean, they might be using more than we think, for real. But uh, yeah, let's keep it going, Aki. You know, uh, now we're going to transfer to this, this uh, L.A., you know, West Coast. Hmm. I ain't been. I know you have been, Aki. Yeah. So you can speak a little bit more to your personal experience. But if I was going to quickly introduce it, I would say that a Latina L.A. councilwoman was caught, was caught on video with two Latino men, correct? Yes. Uh, all three of them involved politically in L.A. And uh, this city councilwoman was caught saying a lot of racist shit yeah. about black people. Yeah. All three of them kicking together. Yeah. All three of them demeaning black political potential and power and aptitude. They were t- literally plotting. Calling black children, if I'm not mistaken, a monkey. Yeah. That should be beaten. Yeah. Uh, it was a hell of a six minutes, Aki. Yeah. Go ahead, Aki, and uh, I mean, what was what you, what's your reaction to what we heard, and how for you, how is that uh, figure into what you know about LA politics and black the relationship between uh, black and brown communities? I mean, you know what I'm saying. It was just more shocking to me how they were they were like plotting, you know, plotting takeover. Um, sometimes the word settler colonialism comes to mind. You know, um, one thing is this. Uh, were they acting white? Would you say that's act- they were acting white? Mm, couldn't tell them that, but in this sense, yeah. Yeah, in this case, yeah. But I mean, like, they, um, the, 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 the black and brown relations in L.A., is not what people think. Um, those, ten, those relations have been tense since 95, 96. Um, 
when 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 street politics and prison politics spilled over or, or spilled over to the street. Um, traditional black hoods that have that were there were literally taken over. Um, some of it came from the, working with the city. The city would gentrify the projects is where the black folks stayed. They'll take the little project down, but they'll leave the houses. The houses is where the essays stayed. So, you know what I'm saying? The essays was able to take the hood because the black folks had to move out. But those sentiments, what she said in there, that's not no surprise to me in Los Angeles. That's not so surprise to me in there. Um, it shows that, you know, we have to look at Politically, whether we're talking on a city level, we got to start looking at enemies and allies. We got to start seeing other communities in the sense of enemies and allies. And so, like, you know, they call for the resignation of this woman. Um, you also got to remember, too, she had the L.A. Labor Federation president on there. Now, what I do know is that Los Angeles has been catching a lot of lawsuits, you know what I'm saying, for, of discrimination from black employees, you know, and a lot of those cases have involved Mexican employees, you know what I'm saying? So there's already a tension there. Like I say, it's in the communities. The black and Latino gangs don't get along in L.A., you know what I'm saying? They battle it out for turf, and that type of shit that comes from the prison. It's in the prisons. Blacks and Mexicans don't get along like that. That shit trickles over to the street. And that's sort of how it got. It, I didn't see that shit in the early 90s when I was over there. It was like after 95, after 96, when it was like, nah, dog, we can't really mess with them like that. Well-known hoods that were real large, when that shit happened, they split in two. That's why you got two Grave Streets. You got Grave Street Crip, and then you got Grave Street Vario. They, they used to be one. Both wear purple, but one is with their race and the other one is with theirs. So we sort of got to, you know, it lets me know how shit ain't the same like it used to be. We may have an idea of black and brown power in our mind, but until that's something of reality, you got to move in a different way. You know what I'm saying? In L.A., black people is already getting pushed out of L.A. The cost of living is going extremely high up there. Hell, Mexicans is getting pushed out of L.A. too, so it ain't no difference. You know what I'm saying? It's just creating tensions. You know what I'm saying? Um, all this uh, intercolonial project. You know what I'm saying? And they just willing to see well, who, who's going to last it. That's about it. You know what I'm saying? But it's not no surprise. Um, I did see people calling for a resignation. I think, uh, what's her name, Representative Bass or Senator Bass, um, she called for a resignation, and she's retired. I mean, she resigned. Um, which, I can say this, it did show a strong little type of political strength on our behalf. You know what I'm saying? The way we went, you know what I'm saying? I, I was hearing the calls on YouTube and, you know what I'm saying, uh, Twitter and shit like that. And within a day or two, she resigned. Somebody made that phone call like, uh, we can't have this type of shit, you know. But that lets me know, too, how much 
who they got in the room. They had a Labor Federation president in the room with them. A councilwoman, a councilman president in the room. And the other dude, I don't even know what he was, uh, but whoever he was, he was somebody too. Where's our people of, you know, power within the city in a room making those decisions? You know what I'm saying? That's the shit that I'm talking about. Like, you know, they in there straight wholesale plotting against us. They're with the blacks. You know what I'm saying? Shit, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They, they with the black. They plotting. You know what I'm saying? How they going to take over the community? How they going to get all the spots on the council? And they going to look out for their people. I don't know, Aki. You know what I'm saying? We better get it together. Aki, we better get it together, bruh. And uh, you're right. You're right. I think there are multiple takeaways from this. One is, you know what I'm saying, uh, we do have some political... I guess, voice or power. But who knows? It, it might have been the mechanisms of the local Democratic Party there that got her pushed out. It, I, I didn't see the videos of people outside of her home protesting for her to mm-hmm. resign. It could have been some of her black Democratic opponents and their friends and family. It was, instead, instead of it actually representing like a black community response. Yeah, it was more of a, a coalition type push. Right. I was hearing it from all different people. Right. So, uh... But like I said, I, I like I'm not as knowledgeable on the issue there. But uh, all that to say, you know, uh, you know, separate power, you know, what I'm saying is important. I mean, man, I tell you the good, the, the, the funny thing in there. You remember when he was talking about the Wizard of Oz effect? Yeah. And he said that, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, what I'm saying 250 people mm-hmm. sound like 250 people he, out he, there. He, he said black folk be 25 deep and sound like they're only 200 uh, and sound like they're 250 deep yeah when they're you know when and and then he was making a point that we're actually 100 deep here so he was speaking to uh, black people's political power at least within the democratic party of the the political machinery uh, in place there locally he was Mm -hmm. speaking to black people's political power being solely symbolic or mostly symbolic Mm -hmm. as opposed to fully realized which could be in part true. You know, black people are disillusioned from the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. The Democratic leadership, so-called, that we have is typically not connected to the working class. And the working class is typically not connected to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not surprising to hear that Mexican or Latina Latino people are more apt to try to work within the political machinery of the United States and find success there, uh, you know, because, I mean, because of the racial hierarchy of the United States. I mean, we got more years of fighting in that arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I see what he's saying, though. Like you say, you sound like 250 people, and then you pull back the curtain. It's just 25 back there. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is 25 is a lot easier. It's a lot easier to appease 25 than it is to appease 250. Mm-hmm. See, those 25 may be able to be bought off. Mm-hmm. Or five of those 25 could be bought off. Mm-hmm. And they may be the ones to hold all the power. So, you know, he's pretty much letting it be known, like, you don't show up. 
And I think that a lot of people are starting to see that, that that's a veil. You know what I'm saying? We can make it sound larger than what it is. We can make it sound like more people are than what it is. May not, it, you know, that may be what, it, what, what we've become politically. Mm-hmm. You know? What we've become politically. Our key. You're right. And, uh, you know, I think this is a good place to keep it moving to the next topic, you know. And uh, what we've come to or what we've become politically, Aki. Yeah. It hits home for this topic, Aki. <laughs> you know, I, I already feel my blood pressure rising uh, because shit like this, it, it, it gets to me. It aggravates me. It frustrates me as a black man who's politically conscious and very politically involved, but not within the American machinery, mm. but very politically involved in the new African machinery that we're building. You know what I'm saying? That's where my political involvement is and will remain, uh, the nation that we're building. But, uh, of course, when working with an African-American communities, we have to be conscious of the political machinery that has been hoisted upon us, yeah. has been thrown upon us, that we found ourselves within within this beast. And I'm talking to myself into being ready for what the fuck I'm about to say. Exactly. You ought to see him, y'all. He's trying to hype himself <laughs> up over here. Because he already know. He knows it. I've seen, uh, seen a little bit of it already. But before we even tell you just how, just what part of the political machine that we all know, we go, we you gonna know the names that we're gonna say that put this video together. Anyways, in the past, Aki, we've seen and talked about on this podcast previous efforts to reach black male voters hmm. uh, by the Democratic Party. Booty to the polls. Booty to the polls. Booty to the polls. Getting strippers and hip hop to <laughs> induce black men to go vote for a political party they don't give two shits about them twerking for twerking for votes you know so of course the contradictions are rising yeah the contradictions are rising it's so, getting bad in these streets bro what <laughs> what new height do they take it to our key now we have trina and saucy santana saucy santana with this a song name. called no voting no fucking What's up with what's up with people calling themselves saucy? What the hell is saucy? I I mean you can if you got the sauce, I, you know what I'm saying. That means you got the drip. That means you got the style. That means you got the you know what I'm saying. That means you got style. You know what I'm saying. I think if you, if you saucy, that means you got style. Okay. That I don't must... I don't know how saucy saying he might be talking about different type of sauce. Pause. That's you know yeah yeah you know because I I ain't heard that. I ain't heard the brothers refer to that like, man, my man Saucy over there. I ain't heard my man. If Saucy and Santana goes by different pronouns, my my apologies. Yeah. But, so I'll continue saying he, but if if that's an error, I apologize. But anyways, (laughs) Aki, we remember Saucy and Santana? Yeah. Because we covered his feature on another uh, I don't even know the hypersexual ratchet Negro debauchery. anthem. Uh, S- uh Sukiana. Su- <laughs> talking oh about with her dirty ass feet. Ashy black feet. Ashy black <laughs> Twer- twerking on little five, six, seven year old boys. She said full grown is- full, I keep full grown women. Yeah, twerking. babies babies and strollers around. Booty there. in the face. I- I'm talking about No, but not even booty in the face. It was 
booted. Find my French. Pussy in the face. The whiff of the pussy is coming through them shorts I keep. <laughs> she say, this is for all my dirty foot bitches. <laughs> so good. So that's Sukiyana Saucy. And, well, no. Sukiyana Saucy Santana, their song, remember, they were managing the prison. Of a bunch of black men. Where a bunch of straight black men were be on a chain gang working a fucking field. And Saucy Santana and Sukiyana are the prison guards who are trying to make some money for the plastic surgery. <laughs> for these surgeries. To, to get, you know, uh, I guess, <laughs> they change their body. Savagery. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't I, never thought I'd say that about my... That's some savage shit, I keep. That's some crazy... Why? I mean, and we already we broke down then that that uh, Sukiyana was talking about. Uh, yeah, I sold my soul to the devil, and uh, I hate what I'm doing. And she still, I mean, years later, she's still fucking doing it, working for a white label that before then was doing reality fucking TV. Yeah, her music label was doing fucking reality TV. No, she's doing reality TV now. Oh, she's doing that too. I, oh yeah, I know. She's doing OnlyFans too. Man, she on she on she on the uh, the hip hop something 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 and acting a fool on there too, oh my god! I heard that she got the worst OnlyFans as far as debauchery, and I honestly don't know, and I honestly have not pursued that and looked at it. Honestly, I'm just just what I'm hearing. I'm just just the we're, we're just painting the full picture, y'all. So that's who Saucy Santana is associated with yeah. in my mind, at least, yeah. right? Yeah. But anyways, he's a black feminine presenting gay black man. You know what I'm saying? Eyelashes, nails, bodysuit, twerking, hypersexual, uh, w- without any discernible consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the easiest way to... <laughs> you say discernible consciousness. <laughs> I'm lacking the vocabulary. I see you there. So, uh, all right. All that is a setup to Saucy Santana featuring Trina. Just dropped last week. I should say Trina featuring Saucy Santana. That's probably better. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. I keep, he had it on repeat. He's sitting on no, <laughs> I, <ain't>, nah, <laughs> I ain't even get through the. I couldn't even get through the first body thirty seconds of that. Okay, well say less. We about to we about to watch it, y'all. We're gonna include the audio on here, but we're gonna mute our mics while we watch it. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let let's listen to this. Watch it if you can. You know what I'm saying. Watch it because we're gonna watch it. But if you can't watch it, you just listening. Just listen. And we're going to get started. So this, once again, Trina, Saucy Santana, and uh, some very devious backers with the money that funded this that we'll talk about afterwards. So, yeah, let's check (laughs) it out. Switch on myself real quick. Yeah, don't stop now. Stop. 
Trump and Balabas again, but my homegirl through, put the buy in Protestant. Politics be so nasty, make me wanna flirt ya, show you how to be a poll worker. Uh, legs in the air, I don't care. Anyone could get it, universal healthcare. If you wanna come, come before the deadline, come in the jacuzzi, Jerry this coochie. Now bout in, now love, now bout in, now touch, now bout in, now nothing. Can't let me down, gotta stand up for something. Now bout in, now love, now bout in, now touch. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. No voting, no love. No if the coochie is the goal, go ahead and pose. <laughs> Period. Oh, shit. All right, we back up in this thing. Oh, uh, man. And uh, we're just taking it in, y'all. We just taking it in. I think for me, the most, you know what I'm saying? We, we're going to talk about a lot of it. For me, Aki, to start off, the most sin- the, the most ugly part of it was at the end, they say, be, al- be okay. We're going to stand up for something. And then <laughs> just laughs. Why they go, I think the one of the last lines was, want to hit the booty, got to do your civic duty. Uh, you know, or, <laughs> a lot of foolishness. If but, Coochie is the goal, get your ass to the pole. Right. <laughs> Trina said, come gerrymander this Coochie. And I mean, you, I mean, United States flags abound. Just you know around, just around, just around. Flags. Oh, uh, it, it was uh, it was ugly, bro. It was ugly. So I don't want to. I, I, I want to start the conversation with this. Who funded this Aki? You know, of course, on the surface, it's just the BL, BL, BLK dating app, right? Mm-hmm. A black on. I think a black specific dating app. Uh, but if you look, we all vote. Uh, dot or slash BLK. If you go to the website that's on the video, uh, you see it's. The, the organization which, which partnered with BLK is When We All Vote. Now, the or, now this organization, When We All Vote, let me read to you about this organization, Aki. Something you might find interesting. How deep does this go within, you know, because it would be lazy of us just to say, oh, this is how the Democratic Party feels about us if it was only a dating app that tried to, you know, just try to say something about the election. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But this is not just a dating app that's doing this, Aki. This When We All Vote organization is, and I'm reading from the website now, is a leading national nonpartisan initiative on a mission to change the culture around voting and to increase participation in each and every election by helping to close the race and age gap. Created by who, Aki? Michelle Obama. Created by Michelle Obama, Mm. When We All Vote brings together individuals, institutions, brands, and organizations to register new voters across the country and advance civic education for the entire family and voters of every age to build an informed and engaged electorate for today and generations to come. So that right there shows Hmm. you they tactics directed at white women, black women, ain't the same tactics they they. They direct at black men. Damn sure ain't. As we've seen, 
Michelle Obama's not alone in this. Michelle Obama started it. Who's part of it? Steph Curry. And that's my boy. That's fucked up. Uh, Selena Gomez, Tom Hanks. These are this is, these are people that are Forrest on the Gump. board. Her, the singer, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Lynn Manuel Miranda. I hate this motherfucker. He's the one that wrote Hamilton. Oh yeah, writing uh, 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 a movie about slave owners and motherfucking hip hop lyrics. Yeah, and everybody celebrating this motherfucker like he's some type of. Uh, I, but he is this liberal fantasy hero. You know, he he's he he's the 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 best playwright liberal fantasy America has ever seen. Uh Janelle Monet is on the board. Chris Paul is on the board. Megan Rapinoe. Shonda Rhimes is on the board. Kerry Washington is on the board. Aki. Now when we look at the staff of when we all vote, it's uh Majority women, you know, the uh, Stephanie Young is the executive director, a black woman. Chief of staff is Kayla Smith, a black woman. Managing director of entertainment and talent partnerships is Jessica Blair, a white woman. So I'm guessing she was the director for the No Voting, No Fucking camp uh, uh, yeah, video. Yeah. And she's the director of entertainment and talent partnerships. Yeah, Jessica Blair and her two bosses are two black women. The rest of the staff, there's not a, a black man on the staff. At not all. A, not a single one. There's a few men and, you know, offside alone. Uh, I know this might be prejudice and it's bias, and I admit that. They don't appear to be heterosexual. Yeah. I could be incorrect, but, uh, or one of them are may be, but there are no black men. Long story short. Other shit. Major, vast majority women. Uh, it appears three men and... Uh, I mean, this is a like them. They, they the Democratic Party is just like they are lost on what the hell to do with black men. Like they just, just fuck just talking to them. Just, just why don't we just go talk to them? So I think this it, this is symbolic of the Democratic Party's position on black men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is Michelle Obama, the most beloved woman. In the Democratic Party. The only reason we voted for Barack is because of Michelle. She's the probably the highest polling woman associated with the Democratic Party. Shit. I, I mean, hell, I, as far as I could serve, she could have ran for... Well, no, she couldn't. I knew too much about Barack Obama by the time he was... Time no, nah, she could have ran if she wanted to. And, Again, and probably won. And likely won. Oh, yeah. Black, like I said, we voted for Barack mm. because we seen her. And, you know, this also, you know, before we even get into some... Other reactions to this video I want to yeah. touch on. I do want to touch on this. Michelle Obama's view on black men, as demonstrated through her organization putting out this no fucking, no voting, no fucking video, uh, that's despicable. Uh, she got this stance towards black men as it relates to voting from her husband, Barack Obama, mm -hmm. uh, who, let us remind you, was raised by a white woman, alienated for the most part from his Kenyan father and mm -hmm. his Kenyan roots, but has no African-American roots yeah. as w we would perceive yeah. it at all. He ain't a nigga. He's not an African-American in the sense where... From the plantation. So all this to say, Obama was known for referring to, black, to working class black men 
or as me and Aki would would even make it more specific, niggas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's Pookie and Ray Rice. So Obama, he can't say niggas outright, of course, of on course that stage. But he has to say something demeaning about black <laughs> men, right? <laughs> the Pookies and the Ray Rice. Now, why are we bringing up Obama's background? It's because Barack Obama doesn't know no Pookie and Ray Rice. Don't even know none. None of his family, none as part of his upbringing. Didn't grow up in the hood with none of them. So what are you talking about? There's no Pookies and Ray Rays in Kenya. <laughs> There's no Pookies and Ray Rays in what, Kansas? Come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? This, Ho- Hawaii? Uh, yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they both, you know what I'm saying, I maybe, maybe Barack Obama got it from Michelle, honestly. She is from Kenwood. You know what I'm saying? Michelle Obama didn't choose an African-American man. She chose Barack Obama. Yeah. So, uh, you know, take from that what you will. So let's get into some of these responses, Aki. Jamel Hill, the resident uh, idiot of the sports commentating. Uh, uh, Putting her mouth a lot lately. Uh, and I hate to put it like that, but she's just routinely bad when it comes to anything related to black men yeah. or race in general for the most part. Racism. L- this, and this is a black woman. Low-boiling contempt. She said that, this is her tweet. She retweeted the video. She said, somebody got to put gerrymander this coochie on the T-shirt. This belongs in the lover. And I can't pronounce this French-ass word relating to some uh, art gallery or fashion exhibit or fashion, some type of fashion event or something that's called a lover. And I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But here at it's Fire the right man's language, key, you ain't supposed to be pronouncing it right. We don't give a right. fuck. Yeah, you ain't key. supposed to be pronouncing the colonizer's language right. Bastard but, it all you want. But the fact that Jamel Hill, somebody who is professional in sports commentary and seen as an expert on race, joins the Democrats and you know these initiatives often. Mm-hmm. The fact that she sees this as high art. Aki. Aki. Imagine if something like this was made by a black men directed toward black women. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's stark, the difference in thinking on this, Aki. I mean, and, and that goes to show you that the contradictions are rising. Yeah. Majority of black people see that type of shit as deplorable. Mm-hmm. But you got people that have, have a, a foot inside this bourgeois society, and they say it's fucking high art. That shows you that these people are detached from our culture. Dead. Dead, dirt, stupid. There was uh, Ron Jent Davis. And I hate to even... This is somebody who's not famous. This is somebody on Twitter that made a comment that I found significant, though. And uh, she, uh, her, she's uh, a black woman, apparently middle-aged, from Charlotte, North Carolina. Christian wife, mother, sister, daughter is a Twitter profile. Oh, she, she from my head? Yeah. And she said this about the about the no fuck no voting no fucking video. Understand this: if you're mad at the delivery, you're not the target audience. You have to reach everyone where they are and what they relate and understand. It's marketing genius for Pookie and Ray Ray. Retreat, don't delete. So again, we see this Pookie and Ray Ray reference to a tweet that was liked over 150 times uh, below the uh, a post of this video. Uh, so there is traffic in these type of demeaning ideas that we can't act like, you know, it's not. That was just a random one, you know, let alone how Jamil Hill is affirming this type of shit. Let's touch on something actual intellectual, 
about this, Aki. So thankfully, Dr. Tommy Curry had a response to this video. And he said, uh, first, let, first, let's read what he's, what he's responding to. Dr. Curry's responding to a tweet by Dr. Trevin Logan, right? Uh, and this is Dr. Trevin Logan's response to the no voting, no fucking video. He says, I am stupefied, insulted, and tired. But let me make a bigger point. Advertising such as no fucking, no voting draws directly from white supremacist talking points that have been filtered through black activist academics in the name of black political efficacy. It's bad. In the 2020 election, we were treated to poor historical analysis that black women engaged in sex strikes to force black men to vote correctly in the past. This is not only untrue, it was actually a point made by white supremacists based on racist black sexuality tropes. Uh, and this claim is uh, incidentally coming from Brittany Cooper, oh my who, God. who we took off of the schedule today for some other dumb shit she said even recently. Yeah, she's she's known for putting her mouth, putting but her foot in her mouth. Apparently, Brittany Cooper made the claim that black women went on sex strikes to compel black men to vote uh, Republican during Reconstruction. I actually remember that now. Trevor Logan goes on, if you believe this incorrect imperative white supremacist historical work, you think that no fucking no voting is consistent with the long line of black women's political activism of using any means to secure the political best for black people. You'd be very wrong. Uh, and he uh, then uh, cites something from Sterling Stuckey. Uh, uh, let's wrap it up on Trevor Logan, though. I think we, we get the gist of... Um, Trevor Logan's argument. Let's touch on what Dr. Curry had to say in response. <laughs> Dr. Curry said, it is important to pay attention to how progressive, quote, intersectional talking points repeat historically racist tropes of black male sexual appetites and savagery. To suppose black men do not have higher faculties of reflection as citizens, but are motivated primarily by sex is despicable. And that's the ugly part about it, Aki. Mm -hmm. Professional, middle-class, petty bourgeois black women parroting white supremacist, white feminist talking points uh, as part of their black feminist praxis by their own words. You know what I'm saying? And they're parroting these ideas that were motivated primarily by sex. And it's that perceived, false, but perceived motivation which is underlining our unequal deaths, Aki. I mean, when our murder by police, our our history relinching, is all predicated on black men's perverse, savage relationship with sex, and black women are continuing that by parroting these type of tropes, Aki, and keeping it alive mm. in 2022 and beyond. I mean, I say this, man. That know. that's the trouble with no voting, no fucking. I mean. They are borrowing off an old trope that came from white supremacy. Um, the the thing I I I get is that, but I also get that the fact of what Tommy said that they think we they feel that we are incapable of using those higher faculties to decide our own political fate and destinies. Um, they believe that way from the onset. One of the reasons why, and Dr. Tommy Curry goes over this in his book, is because as a group they seen us as feminine black people in general we were a feminine race and feminine races were not capable of having higher faculties of understanding things like politics government and even to some extent art when you get into all of those colonial texts and shit like that so 
it's like we didn't got that bad. It's like like it, like like that's how shitty the, the the Democratic Party is with black men. That you got to go this far. That that you're not gonna get a. You know, I don't see you getting no votes off that. Like I don't I don't see us paying no attention to that shit. You know, it's disrespect. You know what I'm saying? Come to come talk to black men and ask them what their issues is. You know what I'm saying? Tia Sign Johnson, another brother's been saying that for years. You know what I'm saying? They need to come to us and ask us what's going on. A lot of black men are rejecting the Democratic Party because you don't speak shit to us. But see, the Democratic Party would rather stay composed of the population is the demographics is composed of. If they invite black men working-class black men to that table of decision-making, they will lose their white base. Yeah. that The Democratic Party is opposed to doing that. Mm-hmm. It's the inclusion of black men at the decision-making table, you know what I'm saying, where black male interests and needs and, and thus the black community's needs are being communicated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what they don't want. And, uh... So, yeah, I mean, this is not a problem, you know, of inclusion. And that's the problem with so much of black feminist politics. Mm -hmm. It seeks inclusion within the same political machinery. Now, there is radical black feminism, revolutionary black feminism uh, out there that, you know, has its positives and, of course, its negatives. But But feminism at its root always has sought inclusion into white supremacy. It was white women asking for a higher place in white supremacy. They never wanted to break white patriarchy. Tommy Curry has an article called Feminism as Racist Backlash, you know, which looks at feminism from the 1800s all throughout the 1900s as white women's uh, uh, vehicle to uh, really keep black, I mean, to to oppose the political uh, uh Mobility of black men, mm-hmm. you know, that was their reflection point. I mean, you, you know, know? And, and you know, it, even Stephanie Jones Rogers, which Curry cites in his work, Stephanie Jones Rogers wrote the book on white women as slave owners mm-hmm. and about how they displayed their feminist, their feminine strength as uh, to be an equal partner in managing the darker oppressed races alongside white men yeah. through owning slaves. Yeah. So we have to, I mean, this is the fundamental truth that black feminism often, not always, but often misses about white women, mm-hmm. you, right? That and Africana womanism, uh, you know, should, in my, in, in my, in my understanding of it, mm-hmm. Africana feminism is defined by the realization a white woman's uh, solidarity with white men in the colonial and imperialist project I mean, that is white supremacy and capitalism. I mean, that's where African womanism really came to make a distinction for itself. See, with feminism, when feminism seeped into the black community and became black feminism, they could not take away those tro- all of the tropes of feminism. A lot of that stuff seeped into black feminism. So this is why you would see a woman who professed today to be a black feminist but still have the same ideas and tropes of past feminists. The same way that seeped into the feminist, um, black feminism through the uh, education and the higher learning, 
that later on started to seep into the regular everyday black community through media. So now we see that, as uh, some people say, low-boiling contempt. And, 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 and it shows up in shit like this. Like, this, I, I, it gets me because there's so many other ways you could have talked to us besides that. There were so many other ways, you know. Um, it's just really sad to see where... And really, I can't even say it's sad to see what the black community is. It's sad to see black people participated in that. But I ain't even gonna say it's sad to see what the black because we didn't that we didn't produce that. You know what I'm saying? Somebody else came up with that idea and they found some niggas to do it. You know. I mean shit. I think they just put it. I think they just added more of a death blow to themselves when it comes down to getting black male votes. And people can't say well, it wasn't about black male votes. Now that video was all geared towards black males. And you know, you know what I keep. Maybe it's more sinister than that. Maybe they know it's not going to reach black men, or maybe, or maybe they're so stupid and they think that we're just so savages, so led by sex. You know, what I'm saying that we would be liable to be turned to vote by something like no voting, no fucking that video. Mm -hmm. But also maybe that this is less about being directed at black men, but to being directed at all American people as a way to tell them something about black men Mm -hmm. as a way to scapegoat them. Yeah. Maybe this is a device more aimed at the American public to scapegoat black men. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to, you know, talk to them directly. Uh, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I think. I mean, it very much could be the case. I can yeah. see the logic in that. I, I think it could be both. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, uh, could they do it? Certainly, They'll pull it. Certainly, it has both effects, though. Yeah. As far as where black men is not responding to what's on the surface being directed toward us, and also what is on the surface being directed toward us is showing everybody else. What black women, including Michelle Obama, Steph and black men like Steph Curry, Chris Paul, and other people, they're putting their stamp on these type of this type mm-hmm. of media. You know what I'm saying? Through that website, through this initiative, and you know, black mainly this we're looking at black women and white women, you know, coming <laughs> together in this organization led by Michelle Obama. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you look at the staff and the, the founder, yeah, you know what I'm saying. To put out trash about the so-called Pookies and Ray Rays, you know, it's despicable behavior, Aki. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It shows that what it do show with black people is is a certain level of immaturity when it comes to politics that we shouldn't have. Um, We should be organizing as a group within our communities politically. Um... I believe having a yearly agenda, a four-year agenda, what we, you know what I'm saying, want as a community. We got four years to make up one. Four years to put it out. You know what I'm saying? And us relying on these apparatuses like the Democratic Party and even the Republican, because I ain't advocating to go run with the Republicans either. You know, um... We really got to take that concept of black power, black political power into our hands. And that means, you know, 
the Democratic Party has shown that they're not smart enough or not willing enough to invest money to have sit-downs with black men in various states and ask them what they want. They've shown themselves they don't have that type of intelligence. You know, so I think really we just got to, black people, we got to start thinking now about like, well, how are we going to make this move? If, if, if Negroes have decided that we're going to be here and we ain't going nowhere, then we're going to have to figure out how to make this happen here politically. Stop bullshitting because we're running out of time. We run out of time, Aki. And that's important because it's the fire this time. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? We're going to get it right, though. You know what I'm saying? They trying to throw some water on shit, but, you know, we're going to get it right. And um, we're going to call this shit out. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm over thinking about titles for this episode, Aki. I'm thinking Michelle Obama's no fucking no voting campaign. <laughs> you know, Right for president twenty twenty seven. You know, like we we got to start calling this shit out. You know what I'm saying, as a way of reaching people and and you know, I guess, you know, bringing about just more consciousness, mm-hmm. more a better idea of what we what we're doing wrong and what we need to do better. Yeah, uh, and how this political machinery is rotten to the core. You know what I'm saying? It's rotten. There is no saving it. It's diseased. And, you know, we got to stay the fuck away from it at this point. Uh, at least on, uh, on, you know, of course, maybe some there's local places that it makes sense to. Mm-hmm. But as far as placing our destinies within this political machinery, we need to be looking for extra routes, Aki. Just like yeah. you said, you know, how you said it. So I don't need to even expand on it. So that's all I got for this week, Aki. What's up? You good over there, man? I'm good, man. I thank y'all for kicking it with us again, man. Yeah, you know this our fir- this our first hour plus episode in a while. I feel, but I feel like uh, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, they warned it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 y'all need to remember, no fucking, no vote. <laughs> Niggas don't even know is is it no fucking, no vote, no vote, no fucking. It don't fucking matter. I mean, all I know is she said if Coochie, if he said if Coochie is the goal. Get your ass to the pole. <laughs> My God, man, that sounds like a three-six hook. <laughs> <laughs> Peace, y'all. Peace.